What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Keeping It Real podcast. I'm your host, James, joined by Calvin. And I was about to say Andres, but uh, he completely forgot we were doing this today. So um, at the top, Reese would like everyone to know he thought this was the worst movie he's ever seen. Um, and it and it and it put him off watching films for a while. That's <laughs> that's what he's just said. So a glowing review from Reese. Uh, if you haven't guessed, we're here to talk about Morbius, um, one of the most anticipated films of the year. I'm I'm sure just out of uh, morbid curiosity, for me anyway. Um, quickly, Calvin, spoiler free. What did you think of Morbius? Oh, sadly. I thought it was terrible. I really mm. tried to go into it with an open mind. And the first few minutes, I was like, okay, I, I kind of like, sort of like what they're skipping over here and just going straight into it. And then it just went progressively downhill. Mm. And like, it's the film basically starts off fine and then just goes, just snowballs into something like, like you said, you wanted something like you know, sort of so good it's but so bad it's good in a way. Mm. But yeah. I, I didn't. I don't know what your experience was, but I did not get that from this. I was I was so bored, and and like if you're making me bored in and feeling like the film's over long in an hour and forty minutes, mm. then you've done something wrong. You watched this uh, on your own, didn't you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I watched it with my friend, and we. We've sort of, me and this particular friend Morgan, we've got this thing where we just love bad movies. So just so we can laugh, our last obsession was the uh, Brahms The Boy 2. And now I think Morbius is going to overtake that because I think for about an hour and a half, we were just giggling to each other because um, I thought this was equally as terrible as you did, um, but I did have a great time watching it. Obviously, we work at a cinema, so we we get our movies for free. So if anyone, you know, asked me, should I go see this? I would not suggest you pay money for it. But if somehow you can get your hands on a free ticket, then by all means, just to just to be aware of all the, um, you know, because it, it's very it's it's trending on Twitter right now. And a lot of stories are coming out about Morbius yeah, and what Jared Leto was up to on the set. The absolute freak so many- of the man he is. I've seen so many memes about it and it's so funny. But then I've seen other people come out and be like, let's not bully this movie i was like how you bully a movie oh is that yeah grace randolph from beyond the trailer came out don't stop bullying morbius it's not britney spears in the mid 2000s it's just a bad movie (laughs) (laughs) with morbius alone um yeah anyway so i mean if anyone was actually interested in a in a spoiler free review we both thought it was abysmal um it is one of the worst superhero films i've ever seen like Maybe I'd, I'd even can like compare it to maybe the Josh Frank Fantastic Four movie from 2015, but at least there was sort of a hint of a different vision and a take with those characters that Morbius is just completely yeah. devoid of. Um, so yeah, um, I, I, uh, we need to talk about this movie more, so let's just get to spoilers. Uh, yeah, you were, you, you know, you, you said it, we, um, we do skip. It seems like we're going to skip some of that boring origin uh, stuff at the beginning where we, we're just going right into the cave with the bats. Jared Leto's letting a bat eat his hand. 
I, I'm pretty sure there would have been another way to trap some bats, but, you know, drama yeah. and all that. Um, but then, unfortunately, we do go back 25 years earlier. We see Michael when he was a child with his, uh, with his best friend, Matt Smith, who uh, we, we didn't need any of this. We, we talked about this earlier today. It could have, all of that could have been set up in a couple of lines of dialogue. You know, yeah. they both have the same disease. They've known each other for a long time. That is all we need to know. <laughs> yeah, they've wasted, like, like I said, every time sort of a filmmaker or writer in this case for the screenplay does something like that, it just feels unnecessary. And it just makes me feel like the rest of the film is just going to be poorly written. It was very lazy. Unnecessary. Yeah. Like, yeah, all you, like you said, all you need is a few lines of dialogue when the characters are older and then most I'm assuming most people are just going to get, okay, they're friends for a long time. They both have similar diseases, not out of left field to think that they grew up together in like a hospital, some description. Like, I just don't understand. And, you know, child actors in that weren't very good, but it's hard to get good child actors anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think maybe our first laugh of the movie was when his letter gets blown out the window. Um, and he, oh no, my letter! <laughs> it's like Pennywise is going to come get him. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we call letter she Georgie. Um, so we go back into the present. Michael Morbius is is desperate for a cure. He's moved to more towards more experimental science. He's uh experimenting with vampire bats, and of course that can only go wrong. He of course does become a vampire, which you know anyone could have told you that. Don't. Don't go messing around with bats. Probably wouldn't fuse that with with a human. Um, and he's he's endowed with some some vague smoky abilities. Um, yeah. You seemed like a so, rock hard body and a thirst so, for human blood. He seemed so OP, and then in the last like climactic battle, he just gets pummeled. Honestly, I'm really struggling to remember. I think I'd really checked out by the finale. Oh, yeah, it, the finale was rubbish. It was literally over in about two minutes, and it was not... In it any is way just too... Satisfying conclusion. It wasn't even a... But it wasn't even a spectacle. It wasn't even no. an impressive spectacle. It was just, oh, we've got to wrap this up. This will do. I thought but... the visuals of sort of, like, the sound waves, and, you know, like, that's how he, that's how he flies and navigates... He he is visualizing these sound waves and he's sort of riding them, which I I thought that was a that was an okay idea and visually but it, was it wasn't so the ugly. worst thing I've ever seen. Like yeah, but yeah, the actual cinematography it, was dreadful. Yeah it was, just, yeah, it was just so dark, and I I honestly think the main issue. I know the directors come out and says it's not their cut, but every director comes out and says that now, like because <laughs> I'd say you know, that too. <laughs> and and um, like I think the issue, the biggest issue with the film is Jared Leto. Like, this could have been... you. Matt Smith's character was way more interesting, and he, he sort of felt like he knew what he was in, and he was yeah. handing it up. You know, he's playing a camp. Like, vampires are just always... You go back to where they come from, the camp, you know? They, they can yeah, be yeah. fun. And like, even though... And monsters at the same time. Like, you can go quite crazy with the stuff you can do with them. <laughs> and it, I think it, just Jared Leto's wanting to method act and show how tortured this guy is and how much his illness would be yeah in a film about morbius the living vampire yeah work and and jared leto doesn't do anything in the film like he doesn't act he literally like apart from like 
walk around some crutches for a bit and being skinny than being buff. Like to me that, that like he does nothing else with his face. He's just samey. But it's so weird to think that his most dialed down role is playing a vampire. In a, in a Marvel movie. <laughs> should be, yeah, which should be like played up. Yeah. And part of me was like, I would have rather seen Matt Smith just play Morbius. Because I, I think with comic book casting, especially, people get too bogged down on whether or not you see fan casting all the time. And it's usually, oh, this actor just looks a lot like this character. So that's why we want them, even though they might not have the acting chops mm. to, to, to sort of pull it off. But yeah. Matt Smith's performance in this, I was like, yeah, this is like, he's like, he's stolen the film. I guess he's a villain, so we can get away with being a bit more crazy and zany. But I just thought, like, he actually had charisma. He was menacing. And I feel like Jared Leto was just trying to be method. And then it was also coupled with the studio wanting, not wanting, especially with the, um, a good example is the introdu- introduction of the artificial, artificial blood. blood. Yeah. Which was, seemed like an interesting idea and it, why he possibly could have won a Nobel Prize and all this. But they don't, de- they don't develop it. So it just shows that the studio just wanted it in there because it's more palatable to have your hero or protagonist of the story not actually drinking human blood because people he would be more likable in a way i don't know but like he still and i think that's he still murders people but they kind of try and get away with it by oh these guys are mercenaries (laughs) yeah deserve to die yeah the woman matt smith killed had two kids and they make such a uh like a point of it. And I'm sure, I mean, I'm just like thinking, I'm sure audiences couldn't understand, like, if you're trying to present like a morally gray character, like we've had characters like, you know, Deadpool is an example who's like this, or, or you know, uh, even most recently, like someone like Peacemaker, you yeah. know, who will be, be worthy of heroics in a way, but then also be as morally gray. Like, I, don't, I feel it's- like if you're going to have a character like Morbius, who literally needs blood, you sort of have to make that risk. You have to take that risk of, of having it a bit darker and have a character who's morally grey, or you go completely the other way and you go completely batshit crazy, uh, just like zany, you know, like B-movie stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, it, I'm confused on where they want to actually take this character because very much in the trailers and stuff i was i was like well yeah he's going to be that they're probably going to make him more of an anti-hero but then this seems like they're setting up the sinister 6 which is you know iconically a team of villains mm. so i'm confused on what they want us to think about this character and where he's where he's going and what the trajectory of this is and even i don't even think sony know because yeah. i mean we'll talk uh, in a short while about the post credits and where we think that is going but it's it's all very confusing and also we speak about the artificial blood and you know there is that moral conundrum of he needs blood to survive and maintain his abilities but he can't go out murdering people but he's also a doctor and we've seen he has easy access to human blood on a daily basis so i don't think that it it's confusing to have that moral dilemma when there was such an easy fix for it. Yeah, but surely I don't know much about Morbius as a character in terms of comics, but surely he's the doctor 
Is, is his origin the same? I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, pretty much similar enough, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. And also when Matt Smith... So Matt Smith takes this cure after he sees what it's done for Jared Lowe. So I, I, I'm just going to keep calling him Jared Lowe because um, he's not actually playing a character in this. So he sees what it's done and he's like, I, I need this too. I'm also going to die from this disease. He sneaks out of vial, takes it himself. And then all suddenly just becomes a villain. And there isn't a, there's no sort of development to that stage. I know he gets in an argument with uh, Morbius about, you know, like, I need this too. Stop being selfish. Don't keep it for yourself. But I feel like this should have been more of a discussion of like, no, like we've both got this now. How are we going to navigate this and, that, and keep these abilities without becoming that yeah. monster? And, and there was then, never that moment. It was just, oh, well, yeah. he's had it and now he's the bad guy because this is a superhero movie. I mean, he's a bad guy. It would have been more interesting if they had those conversations and tried to work together and then they actually found out their goals are not aligned. Mm, exactly. And then explored it through that line. But you didn't have... They it's so have wick. But then they could have cut, cut out five or six other things in the film to make room mm. for that relationship because the the heart of the story was trying to be their relationship that's why they thought they had to put in this flashback to understand yeah. their friendship and i felt like if they explored that more and kept that the central core it would have been so much more interesting but they were i don't even know what they were interested in it just seemed like the film no, because was going nowhere, you've got constantly. this relationship you've got this yeah Nothing you've got this happening friendship and rivalry with Matt Smith. You've got Jared Leto being hunted down by Tyrese Gibson and his partner. Yeah, and then you've also things. got, yeah, then you've also got this relationship with his, uh, with his other doctor, Martin. And there is just like, I'm, what is the focus here? It's so slapdash with its plotting and its characters. And yeah, it's just full of archetypes, just constantly yeah. just to have, oh, we need all these. And that's why it feels just like, it didn't even try to do anything new. It just feels like you're by what, how you, if someone asked you to describe a superhero origin story in 50 words, that's what you'd get. <laughs> it is. It's cut down to its basics. And I think there are scenes in this and even consecutive scenes. There are such leaps in story and character where I'm like, there, there must have been stuff in between here for this to make sense, even in the script. But I think it is another case of Sony going through and being like, ah, we don't need this, we don't need this, we don't need this. All we need is set up for another movie coming down the road. But you know, we're not you're not gonna get those movies if you don't put the effort into making this one successful. Yeah. Because they're probably too focused on the sort of seems like they were too focused on the big picture rather than what was they, right in front of them. They did this last time they tried to establish a Sinister Six and, you know, greater Spider-Man universe. They rushed it and they were like, oh, right, we need to just catch up with the MCU. And I'd argue that the last time they did it, which was in the Amazing Spider-Man series, was a lot more creative than what they're doing now. So I'm like, I'm, what are you learning? It's, I, you, you'd think that, you know, watching the MCU and even being involved in the MCU with their Spider-Man movies over the past few years, they'd have learned and took some lessons from Kevin Feige and be like, right, you know, we need to take it slow. This, you, this isn't something you can rush. But again, we'll, we'll talk about the post-credit scenes now because I think these are, these are the worst I've ever seen. So the first scene is... Um, I, I should preface this with all the footage of Michael Keaton... 
and any references to Spider-Man have been completely omitted from the film. So those scenes and little Easter eggs that we saw in the trailers are completely gone. They're not a part of this story whatsoever. Um, so our first post credit scene, we open up with that big dimensional rift over New York City that we saw at the end of No Way Home. And inexplicably, even though it's sort of defying the rules established in that film, Michael Keaton is hopped over to the Venom universe, the Venom and Morbius universe now from the MCU, even, even though that's, that wasn't a part of those rules. Uh, and he's in a jail cell in, a, in you know, similar, similar garb to what he was wearing at the end of Homecoming. And all he says, he takes a, he takes a look at himself in the mirror, and he, which I don't think they have mirrors in prison cells, and says, um, I hope the food's better in this joint. Which, that's not the character that we remember from his Spider-Man movie. His entire motivation was his daughter and his wife, and he was a, he was being a criminal. So, because he he thought that was better for them, he could get this money and give them the life that they deserved. But in this, it, what he doesn't he he just doesn't care anymore. That apparently those years in prison have really turned him into a into a cold bastard, and he doesn't he no longer cares about them. They they're out the picture. He only cares about what's uh, going in his tummy because there's no version of adrian tombs in this universe they then like he's just appeared out of nowhere um oh yeah so is michael keaton the only person who's suddenly just appeared in this universe yeah it kind is of makes, no one else i don't know how it works but i don't know what they were trying to do or what they're trying to set up but like i think they're just hoping you does don't it work? realize does it, does it did he get transported there because he knew who peter was but that's that? not the rules that got established at the end he was sending back he no, was sending yeah. back people who had come through. Michael Keaton was already in the MCU. But so surely they'd have no. Surely, surely Kevin Feige and whoever else at Marvel has to sort of look at this because it's in conjunction with them. Or they uh, just, no, because uh, Sony Marvel just help out basically on those Spider-Man movies. Um, so if anything to do with this, you know, purely Sony universe, they've got full control over. They don't need any you know collaboration or whatever uh so that yeah michael keaton is is kicked out of jail because he doesn't exist basically in this universe what yeah even though i, 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 I should probably whole... i should probably clarify that the film was so bad that i just walked out at the end I oh yeah you didn't see this post credit <laughs> but i've i've read what the credits scenes yeah. are i was just uh, like i'm not sitting and waiting for this uh, i'm glad i did because they're ridiculous the second post-credit scene, it starts off, I, I thought it was a fucking car commercial. Um, Jared Leto is driving out into the desert. He's got, he's got a destination sorted, which we don't know where he's going. Gets out of his car and in swoops the vulture. In his, in his MCU costume, the helmet's a bit different, but it's pretty much the exact same. That wasn't transported over with him. That In, the, in Homecoming, it's very much established that that is pieced together from alien tech and lost Avengers tech from all the battles over the years. So I don't know how he's got this suit. It doesn't make any sense. Could there be another, he's found another tinkerer in that universe? Probably. The Avengers don't exist in this universe or like, you know, they've not had these big battles. The only thing we're aware of in this universe so far yeah, is it could Venom. Be, it could be different tech or is it exactly the same? It I looks the exact it. same. <laughs> um, so he, yeah, he comes in, he's like, oh, I've been reading up on you, Dr. Michael Morbius. I'll say again, this doesn't even sound like Michael Keaton. 
and he doesn't take the helmet off, so it might not have oh. been. Oh yeah, probably it's probably it probably isn't. <laughs> no, either that or he just he he recorded his dialogue over the phone. Um, so he's like, yeah, I've been reading up on you. I'm not really sure how I got here. I think it's something to do with Spider-Man. To which if I was Morbius, I'd reply, what the fuck is a Spider-Man? Because there's been no inclination in Morbius, Venom, or Venom 2 that Spider-Man exists in this universe. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> very confusing. And he's like, you know, we should, we should get a team of guys uh, and, and maybe do some good. Oh, do some good. He says do some good, which um what are, they <laughs> are you talking to, about? Are they trying to set up like a like a anti-villain anti-hero team? Well, <laughs> like it, a... They're setting up the Sinister Six. That's what it's eventually gonna be. I think the next film we've got coming out is Craven the Hunter, which I mean they've got a good director behind it, but I can't imagine it being I think it's JC Chandler who did like a most violent year with Oscar oh, right, Isaac yeah. and Jessica Chastain. He's a good director, but I, I'm not expecting anything from it. So, yeah, they're, they're just... They're really just bullet training towards another Sinister Six setup. We're not aware of which Spider-Man they're going to fight, if they are going to fight Spider-Man. Do you think that's what Sony want is their end game plan? They want to have the Sinister Six. It's like they Because everyone knows, most comic book f- fans or just casual fans know about the Sinister Six. In some way. Yeah, and I so think even probably, only just for the past couple of years of yeah, like articles coming be, out, people like, are aware of who these are now. Yeah, these can be our Avengers type thing, and we can try yeah. and we can try and center our universe around them. Yeah, which I think is just incredibly lazy. Because without a Spider-Man, what are you gonna do with the Sinister Six? You know what I mean? Make a fight yeah. an even worse villain, boring. Oh, anyway, so yeah, those are the post-credit scenes. They are t- two of the worst I've ever seen in any superhero movie, and they're both in the same film. So, fucking well done, Sony. <laughs> I thought at least I was like, oh, at least we're getting Michael Keaton in the end credits, and then it completely ruined his character and made absolutely no sense to what we've learned before. Yeah. So when watching the film, I completely forgot that he was supposed to be in in it and he was like obviously he's in the trailer and mm. i forgot all the spider-man references like and it was only the end i was like hmm where was michael keaton <laughs> <laughs> and then i probably guessed he was in the the uh end credit scene but i as soon as it came up directed by i was already out of the door <laughs> <laughs> i'll i'll make this point i don't think daniel espinosa is to blame here I think there might, and he says this isn't my cut, and I genuinely believe him because this seems like it's been tampered with, and yeah, I can the tell there's such leaps between I mean, scenes that they've Sony have just gone in and they've cut out everything. It's strange that they didn't cut out all that all the flashback bullshit that we didn't need. But we I could have actually had some other character development. I don't think he would have had a good film anyway. Um, I thought. Like it could be a bit better, but then how long would it be? And then, you know, obviously I do believe it did feel like Sony were getting really, really involved. Um, but I do feel like he might have just been making a bad film anyway. It might not be as bad as it is, but I still. Don't I think, think it, it would I think played. it definitely would have been better than this for sure. Because. because I, Life, I didn't watch in the cinema, right? I just watched it. I just, I just sort of looked at it one day and thought, yeah, I'll watch this. This, this, this will probably be 
crap. And then I was I was actually pleasantly surprised by it. I, I thought, thought it was I pretty, that pretty good, tense and enjoyable little sci-fi thriller. Which, so when I learned he was onto this, I was like, okay, they've got someone who, you know, he's proven he can handle a, an okay story. Um, remember when Life came out as well and there were all the, uh, the rumours that it was a Venom prequel? No, I, I and no, that I was how the symbiote came to Earth. That would have been cool. Oh, right, you're right. Yeah. What was my name? Yeah, it, I, that would it came out around the time as well, like in, enough time before Venom was coming out. Oh, that yeah. it, it actually would have made sense, and I, I believe it was Sony as well. Oh yeah, yeah, it would have been. Otherwise, the rumor wouldn't have uh, gone around. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say on Morbius? Because I don't think I could talk about this movie anymore. I probably do, but it's sort of just draining me yeah no I don't, uh, well yeah <laughs> yeah there are also a couple of other weird moments they're doing you know setups for a, i think a morbius sequel in itself with martine turning into a vampire at the end she turns into a vampire at the end of this one yeah yeah she um because she bite was they have the their last kiss oh, sorry i thought you meant the, in the next film that would be oh no 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 yeah it's the so they're doing the sequel setup but um I think this is going to... It did okay at the box office this weekend, but I don't think it's going to have a big drop-off. Yeah. With everything coming out, this is not going to make the money it needs to, considering they had to do maybe two years of marketing for this film and the amount of pushbacks. So I don't... I Hopefully, it doesn't make its money back because I don't want a second one. <laughs> and I yeah. don't want whatever... I don't want whatever fucking Sinister Six movie they are setting up. <laughs> All that said, what do you rate this out of five? Uh, I'm gonna give it a 1.5. Oh, 1.5. I'll also yeah. go a 1.5. But mainly, mainly because of Matt Smith, who definitely steals the show. And I, I like Jared Harris, <laughs> whatever reason. Jared Harris, yeah. If he was in it more, I mean, there were scenes in the in the trailer that he was in that definitely got cut out as well. Imagine this as well: Tyrese Gibson, bless him, the absolute moron he is. <laughs> He's come out and said. Because, you know, they hint that he's got this, like, arm implant. Yeah. And he said that his character is basically superhero himself. And his arm can do all this special magical shit. Which, in the movie, there's nothing. He's got his hand in his pocket. That. He's, always got his hand. he's always got a jacket on. And he's always got his hand in his pocket. The part where he catches Morbius on the roof, I, at the first, before I realised it was Morbius, it's like, you know, sound waves that he could possibly fly on. Yeah. I thought it was like... Tyrus Gibson doing something. Oh no! Like pulling oh, no, him maybe, back. maybe in the original cut of this film he was doing something, <laughs> and I just they were like, no, take it, take it out, take it out. We don't need more. Oh yeah, fuck this movie. So that's a one point five from each of us, and that is it for our review of Morbius. I I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you don't go and see this movie because it just doesn't it it doesn't need the attention. I think this, this week of attention on Morbius is all it deserves. Um, if you're listening on YouTube, then let us know down below in the comments what you thought of the film. Also, like and subscribe. If you're listening on another streaming platform, then rate, like, follow us, all that good stuff. It really helps us out. Until next time, keep it real.